everybody, welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast. Prominent area conservative, I'm Ted Flint, your host. And before we get started, I want to make mention to you that if you're thinking of starting a podcast like this one, or maybe you want to, you know, talk about sports or gardening or whatever the topic is, there's no better time than right now to start a podcast. Maybe you've been thinking about it for a while, but just haven't been able to pull the trigger. Well, listen, Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch a podcast. Not only that, but Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players. You can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your show, tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. So why not join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world? All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and get started today. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they'll give you a $20 Amazon gift card. Again, just follow the link in the show notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I sent you. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Let's get going on this podcast, on this edition. This is, I think, our ninth show. And I try to do two or three of these a week and try to stay abreast of the uh, the current affairs. And there is uh, a report out of World Net Daily I want to bring to your attention. And it was uh, it's a, it centers around I think a lot of what people are talking about. People in in my circle discuss over maybe uh, the dinner table or you know having a casual conversation with people at work, whatnot. I work at the legislature, New York State Assembly, to be exact. And there's this feeling that we're, there's nothing we can do to get together as a country, to be united. We are, after all, the United States of America. But we're so far apart, the two sides. I mean, there are probably more than two worldviews, but the two main ones are so uh, diametrically opposed in every single way. And Rush Limbaugh said this week, I didn't hear the show, but I'm reading about it in World Net Daily. He says he thinks we're moving towards secession. And it looks that way, doesn't it? I'll, I'll give you what he said, three sentences or four sentences. There cannot be a peaceful coexistence of two completely different theories of life, theories of government, theories of how we manage our affairs. We cannot be in this dire conflict without something giving somewhere along the way. I would, you know, agree with him. Two vastly different worldviews. One believes in individual liberty, the other in the collective. The other is uh, uh, believes in government, uh, government control over every aspect of our lives. Now, that's not going to happen to me, not as long as I'm breathing. But the other side, and some of these people are decent people, they're your neighbors. They're people who you sit alongside in church, possibly. Not in my church, we don't have people who think that way, but in larger churches, in the Catholic Church, I'm sure... Uh, you have a lot of people who uh, voted for Joe Biden. I'm sure he won the Catholic vote. Obama won the Catholic vote twice. So I'm sure Biden won the Catholic vote. He's Catholic, nominally. And you have people in, in, in the pews. You have people with whom you work, possibly. Uh, people at the, the, the grocery store, I mean, who believe differently than you on a lot of things. And that's not a bad thing. But nowadays, the, the other side, and I say the other side, I'm a conservative, a conservative Christian who believes in limited government, and a personal responsibility, the right to own a firearm, and I believe in the sanctity of unborn human life. A lot of people 
people in my circle uh, down the road from our neighbors as radical as radical can be but they you know we live we coincide we uh we uh you know live uh, i'm not next door to them but i'm a half a mile away that's i live out in the country if you're within a half a mile of somebody that's your ne next door neighbor basically but these people are hardcore leftists obama i'm not going to name names but they're obama People. They voted for Obama. They voted for Joe Biden, I'm sure. They have all the left-wing politicians, all the signs on their lawns, and that's they have the right to do that. I, I have the opposing candidates, the signs uh, on my lawn. That's, that's a good thing. We're all different. Takes all kinds. And Limbaugh points out, and I think this is true too, we, we need to, we, I think there's still a silent majority. And I think what conservatives need to do is to find a way to unite people on our side and win. See, we get kind of fractured. The Democrats, they're fractured too, but when push comes to shove, they vote for their candidate. I mean, the Republicans, some of the Republicans voted for, for Biden. You know, they had the George Bushes of the world. I'm sure Bush voted for Biden. I think he voted for, George W. voted for Hillary. Jeb probably did too. They hate Donald Trump. A lot of Republicans hate Donald Trump. There's a list of over 20 senators you know, well-known senators who are trying to out, they, they want to see Trump gone. And some of these people, you know, Tim Scott of South Carolina, uh, obviously Mitt Romney, and there are others, Republican senators who just, they don't like Donald Trump. He's an outsider. He's upset the apple cart. They want to see him gone. And I think a lot of people in the court system, a lot of our uh, judges at the federal level are not taking up some of these cases that the president and his team have in uh, a number of states. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm starting to, to drift here. But I think we need to I think we need to win over people to our side of the aisle. We need to win over hearts and minds. We need to change hearts and minds. That's really the what we have to do. That's what's in front of us. As we saw in this last election, the presidential election, 80 million people believe in some form of socialism. Most of them, I think it's safe to say a good portion of them. Now, a lot of people voted against Donald Trump, not for Joe Biden. But there are a lot of rhinos. There are a lot of uh, people in the establishment who just don't want to see Donald Trump go on any further. And, uh, you know, Limbaugh had one of his callers. And uh, she said that uh, it's a globalist, communist, technocrat, Democrat takeover. It's treason. And they've been able to take us over by marketing, distracting, entertaining, get us, get us sidetracked. They have this huge propaganda machine called the mainstream media. And then she went in to talk about, or went on to talk about the, uh, the pandemic, as she terms it, a, a plandemic. I talked about this, I think, a little bit on the last show. There really is no more uh, fair news broadcast on network television. You're watching somebody's agenda. The, the mainstream media is, is an arm of the Democratic Party. There is no more objective coverage of the news. And I think, and Limbaugh pointed this out, that the left began to lose their monopoly on everything, especially the news business. They lost the monopoly. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, they have their organs and they use them. They're no longer objective, no longer fair. And they're looking to take out the conservative media. Fox used to be conservative. And, you know, by contrast, I think they are more conservative or more mainstream than, than the other uh, cable networks. But they're still, I mean, they're still, from where I sit, fairly liberal. So they're, 
really is no fair media, objective media anymore. There's no journalism. There is no news. So where do you go? I don't like that fact. I, I've said this before a number of times. I used to love to watch CBS News this morning, every morning, have my coffee, turn on, you know, I loved Charlie Rose when he was there, but the uh, the woke people got rid of him. Now it's Gail King, who's awful, and uh, and Anthony Mason, who's real good. I, I, I always enjoyed watching CBS News, but I no longer watch it. I, I, I think, and I, you can sense they have an agenda. They wanted to oust Trump in the worst way. Every single morning, it was one piece after another, a hit piece after another, aimed at Donald Trump. So I just turned off the television. I just, I'm not going to play anymore. So I get my news from conservative sites online. But I'd like to once in a while be able to watch a network newscast and get real news. But it's, not, it's no longer possible. I've gone on you know, almost nine minutes here talking about this. And I, I want to keep these shows to about 20. So Donald Trump, the president, gave a 45-minute speech. And this kind of plays into what I was mentioning in my opening. 45-minute video on social media. This was like middle of last week outlining his case for voter for alleging voter fraud and other irregularities in the election. Did you see it? It was for almost 46 minutes. I happened to watch a good po portion of it online. I didn't see any mention of it on news because, I, as I said, I, I, I haven't totally uh, boycotted the network news. I, I'll catch it now and then. I have to because I have this job to do and I, and I have to keep abreast of it. But he said, he began his, his video by saying, this may be the most important speech I've ever made. Those words alone should have alerted the, the uh, major media to cover the speech, but they didn't. He went on to say, if we don't root out the fraud, the tremendous and horrible fraud that's taken place in our election, we don't have a country anymore. He, you know, he's a plain-spoken man, but he's right. If the integrity is questioned in any state, every state suffers. You might say, well, you know, maybe there was voting fraud, voter fraud, there is in every election, and it accounted for maybe a few thousand votes or maybe 10, 15,000 votes, but that's the margin of victory in some of these states. And now we have 18 states are basically saying to the, uh, to the rest of the states, you know, we don't approve of the way the election was held. We don't like the way it was handled. Uh, we are, are suing suing these uh, states in question, the four states, the four defendant states, and they are Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. And the 18 states, representatives in those 18 states are saying, look, the electors in, on the, in those four states should not be allowed to cast their votes. They, those electors should not, in those four states, should not be allowed to cast their votes because the, the, the election, the elections in those states are uh, we're, we're bogus. And I mentioned this, especially Georgia, all kinds of incidents of voter fraud, 40 over 40,000 people voting in the wrong county. I mean, right there, that nullifies their vote. The margin of victory for, for Biden allegedly in, in Georgia was 12,500. That alone, forget about the ballot dumps and the suitcases full of ballots under, <laughs> under, the, under the tables. I mean, the fact that people voted in the wrong county disqualifies them, and that would give the 16 electoral votes to Donald Trump. Pennsylvania, another, you know, it's unbelievable. If you have a few minutes, go to Jay Sekulow's website. I don't, I don't want to pitch his site. I mean, he should be pitching my, my, my podcast. But, I mean, he makes a good point. He said the, uh, or his guests were saying, and these people are very bright legal minds. Sekulow is one of the president's personal attorneys. 
the executive branch in those states usurped the authority of the legislative branch in those states. Again, the four defendant states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan. The executive branch and the administrative agencies under the executive branch usurp the power of the people, basically. You got to have a do-over. I don't care what deadlines, you know, we, we hear that there's a deadline that the, uh, the, the states have to certify Biden by X, whatever the date is. I think it's maybe December 17th. Now they care about deadlines. They didn't care about the deadlines months ago when they just willy-nilly changed the laws in those states and extended the deadlines for uh, mail-in ballots to be certified. Now they care about deadlines. Let's in Georgia alone, I, I, I read this week where 71,000 people who did not vote in last month's general election have requested mail-in ballots for the two Georgia Senate races. Those two seats will decide the future of the country, the fate of the country. I mean, you can't adjust laws. The left thinks that laws are, you know, are, are, are able, they're malleable. You can adjust them to the situation. Laws are black and white, usually. There are not a lot of gray areas. Conservatives view the law differently than liberals do, obviously. This gets into a whole show in and of itself. I mean, I think in the, in, in the two Senate races in Georgia, freedom and individual liberty is at stake. Our very country, the future of it, is at stake. And uh, again, 71,000 people who didn't vote in the general election, they're now going. They're requesting mail-in ballots for the uh, the two Georgia Senate races. And you read that I don't know if this is true or not, but in California, the socialists in California are trying to ship people, import people to Georgia, so they can move to Georgia and vote in the in the general or the uh, the two Senate races. I wouldn't put it past them. Democrats want to pack the courts. They've made that pretty clear. This guy running for Senate in Georgia, this John Ossoff, the Democrat, radical Democrat running against David Perdue, said as much on a, he was miked, it was, it was the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Project Veritas people, got him recorded on video saying that Democrats want to pack the courts. They believe in universal health care and the loss of fundamental freedoms. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. But that's what they believe. All kinds of crazy things happening. You know that this Eric Swalwell, Democratic uh, legislator, allegedly has had a, a, a relationship with a Chinese spy, sleeping with a Chinese spy. The guy's a national security risk. It's like, a, you know, when you watch the news, it's like an episode of, of 24, the TV show 24 back in the early 2000s. One of my, my favorite show of all time with, with Kiefer Sutherland. These spies, you know, double spies playing both sides. It's like what's happening in Washington is like a, an episode of 24, like a season of 24. Pick any season. It's, it's crazy what's going on there. And speaking of voting, uh, I would like to know if non-citizen immigrants voted in the election. And a lot of people want to know. The Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, he said, I think the voter rolls ought to be checked. Secretaries of states of each state ought to check whether people there ought to be some way to check a database and whether somebody is a citizen or not. In Texas, you need a, 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 at least one form of identification in order to vote. And it needs to be that way, I think, in every state. But it's not. It's Georgia. You don't need any ID. This is why the, the socialists in Georgia are trying to get people from California to get in, come in and to their state and vote for these two Senate races. 
This is crazy. I mean, it do, isn't it just common sense if you're, you're going to vote in a, an election here in America that you need to be an American citizen? But for more than a decade, you have institutions such as Harvard University and other you know, uh, sources have shown that they published surveys showing large numbers of non-citizen immigrants claim to have registered and voted in U.S. elections, despite a legal prohibition against that. If you're not a citizen, you can't vote. I know the Democrats in New York State, the legislators, are trying to change that. They want any and all comers. You don't have to be a citizen. All you need is a pulse. That's why they want to import as many illegals as possible. Because guess which party these people are going to vote for? You got it. The Democrats. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, ban, outdoor dining ban, in, in California and other states. And it's not about... Uh, public safety. It's about control. And it's not about science either. The left always says we need to trust the science. How many times have you heard that? This guy out in California, this uh, Governor Gavin Grusom Newsom, what he's doing is unconstitutional according to many constitutional scholars. It's kind of, it's arbitrary. Imposing a curfew on businesses, bars and restaurants from 10p to 5a. And the, the obvious question to me is what happens at 11 p.m.? That doesn't happen at 9 p.m. See, so close bars at 10 for whatever reason. And now this, this, these lockdowns he's imposing again, they're unscientific. And, you know, they're growing by the minute. There's one video of a, a, a local restaurant owner showcasing the, the hypocrisy of who gets to open and who doesn't. You have state judges issuing orders prohibiting this restaurateur from opening. And on the very day that another state judge struck down L.A. County's outdoor dining ban, said it was arbitrary, and he slammed county leaders for failing to provide the requested scientific evidence supporting their position. Where's the evidence? They don't have it. They don't have the scientific evidence to back up their dining bans, indoor or outdoor. Outdoors? I wouldn't stand for that. Dr. Mark Galley is the state's Health and Human Services Secretary. Around noon Tuesday, while Galley's regularly scheduled press conference and update was occurring, the preliminary ruling was issued in the L.A. County case brought by Mark Garagos. Just a few hours earlier, the assistant secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services said during a coronavirus task force briefing that he hadn't seen any data that says you need to shut down outdoor dining or outdoor bars. Where's the science? He asked, where's the science? And the, uh, the state's Health and Human Services Secretary didn't have the answer. What I think is going on is I think they want us separated. I think many in the government want us separated because if we're separated, we become, I think, easier to control. A lot of people are afraid of this virus for obvious reasons. I mean, some people, a very small minority of people, if they get this virus, they're going to be seriously ill. In some cases, they die. But the Lord did not give us a spirit of, of fear, but of power and of love. We're not to fear a virus. We're not to have our uh, constitutional rights suspended over a virus. The founders would be furious. They're, they would be spinning in their graves. Maybe they are spinning in their graves. To think that we would suspend the Bill of Rights over a virus in which 99.7% of people recover fully. But I just read from a piece in Red State. This about what's going on in California, the outdoor dining ban, a piece by Jennifer Van Van Lar. 
We're going to get locked down hard here in New York State, I believe. I don't have any concrete evidence, but my gut says, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen soon. We're going to get locked down here because the numbers are, are, are on the increase. They're going in the wrong direction. Saratoga County is now at 6%, the infection rate in Saratoga County, which I think is higher than it is in Albany County. But the state legislature is situated in Albany County, and I know Dan McCoy, the uh, Albany County executive, he comes out every day, it seems, or two, three times a week with the, with the numbers, and they're going in the wrong direction. So I don't know how long it is going to be before we're locked down again, but I think I'm going to lock this show down for the for the day, that's going to do it to it, you know, and as we branch out and uh, do more of these shows, we'll talk more about the culture, maybe talk a little bit about sports and whatever, TV shows. Anyway, uh, I got to get going here. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. This is the Pac-Man podcast. Pac-Man stands for Prominent Area Conservative. And there is a, a little story behind, and I know I'm, I'm running over about five minutes over, but there's a story behind the uh, the Prominent Area Conservative, Pac-Man. A friend of mine, uh, John, ran for the assembly back in 1994. He came up second best, but he did quite well. Ran against Paul Tonko, who was then a member of the Assembly. And a local radio host, whom I won't mention, uh, could not think of John's name. They were talking about him on the air, and they're trying to think about think of who ran against Tonko in 94. So this radio host said, some prominent area conservative. So that's, we, John and I got a, a chuckle out of that, and that's how I came up with the name for this program, Pac-Man, pac Stands for Prominent Area Conservative. That's it. That's all. Thank you very much. we got to run, folks. Thank you very much for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you real soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was recorded by Ted Flint. Produced and edited by Ken Burns. Music by Kevin McLeod. Be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.